Good afternoon. Good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty 360. Hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. Want to welcome you to another edition of Loyalty Live. In this series, we talk to the leading agencies, technology partners, and consultants in customer channel and brand loyalty about some of the technology trends and best practices that impact a brand's ability to drive unique experiences, enhance engagement, and most importantly, impact customer loyalty. It allows for a deeper insight in the state of customer loyalty. As Loyalty360, we surface these challenges that we see from brand marketers through small-sided meetings and through membership uh, engagements, and it allows these loyalty live sessions and these amazing leaders that we have from these agencies and technology partners to give their assessments of some of the challenges that we see in the market. Uh, and today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Bill Swift, who is the new Chief Executive Officer of Briarly. Bill, how are you today? Good, Mark. Thank you. It's great to be here. Back in the uh, office, as you can see. That yeah, nice view you have there. Uh, great to see that. Um, for those who may not know you, uh, we like to start these on a more personal note to get a little bit uh, information about those who we're talking to. So we'd love to know a little bit more about yourself, your current role with Briarly, uh, and your background. Yeah, sure. I've been here for quite a while now. So I've been with the company for over just over 20 years. Um, my background, I guess, in a, in, in a snapshot was a computer science guy, mid-80s. Um, I came, I grew up in Michigan and uh, had worked for electronic data systems, uh, EDS. That's really how I originally got to, to be in Texas. We're uh, still here. Not still, but back in Texas. Uh, so I moved to tex uh, Texas in the late 80s with EDS and... Uh, Got into more international travel, and one one thing that was interesting, I guess, is is a segue into Briarly was we were my wife and I were living in London, and one of the last projects I had with EDS was was um, part of an international standards organization, and I was a contributing author to the uh, a standard that had to do with customer management, so purely coincidental. <laughs> And uh, so I met uh, our Briarly team at that time in London, uh, met Hal Briarly for the first time. And as the, as the company has evolved over 30 years, uh, it truly was a marketing agency focused on helping people design loyalty programs, specifically profitable programs, but we had no technology capability 20 years ago. So that's... Uh, so that's when I joined the company and, uh, you know, I was actually, so an architect actually, you know, writing code back then. We got acquired six years ago by uh, NRI. It's uh, Numura Research Institute based in Tokyo. So they're primarily a, a technology company, which has kind of fueled our transition of our, of our company from being purely an agency towards more of a software company. And now I think, um, continues to be uh, pretty powerful on both fronts of strategy and, uh, and technology. So that's uh, it's kind of where we are now. Uh, we have a new platform and we have, uh, we have that historical depth and consultative uh, expertise. Um, but yeah, my, my background here literally went from, from writing code to running the company. So I guess it took a while to get there, but uh, that's where we are right now. That's awesome. Uh, another thing, like a you know, fun fact about yourself, do you have uh, 14 kids? Do you like to parachute? Uh, do you like, <laughs> like 
code? Uh, what's a, what's a fun fact? Something you really enjoy outside of uh, 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 your work role? Uh, yeah, for, uh, fortunately, not fourteen kids, <laughs> but um, we. Uh, I guess the the thing that really comes to mind. I just, we love to travel, obviously, and and get around and and meet new people in different parts of the world. But I think the um, the, the biggest hobby I've, I've I've had my whole life was running. And, uh, and it's, I don't know if it's a fun fact, but it's kind of unique. Um, ran several marathons and lots and several of those, those uh, crazy 200 mile relays through the Rockies and Kentucky. And so a lot of good times running, but one, one thing that's really, uh, happened a couple months ago was I was running on this trail in the dark and literally got attacked by an owl came out of nowhere, hit me in the back of the head. I was bleeding, uh, took his picture with my phone and just thought it was the craziest story. But the weird thing is, is since then, I see owls almost every, at least every week, if not consecutively every day, they're everywhere. It just, it's, it's uh, really unusual. Um, so I, you know, hobbies a big, uh, running's a big hobby for me. And keeps me going and energized and you know everyone talks about clearing your head in the morning out of the run but this this all thing has really kind of taken me by surprise and uh, has become a big part of that i'm afraid to go out at night or in the dark interesting so because you were attacked by al you're just more cognizant of them and kind of aware and and maybe i think so you know i'm running and looking up in the trees instead of uh, where i'm going so it's kind of dangerous but it's but yeah it's a it's kind of cool. And I take, you know, take a lot of pictures and, and uh, kind of a part-time photographer on the weekend. So it's really, okay. it's been an exciting uh, past uh, six months or so with birds and running. Well, that's good. Uh, I'm not uh, very much into running and uh, they don't allow owls into the gym usually. So I think I'm safe there, which is good. <laughs> Um, so, uh, you know, recently it was announced, uh, that you transitioned roles from CTO to CEO, you know, what are you looking forward to most about the role and, you know, what are some valuable learnings you had in your CTO role that really prepare you for this new position? It's been an exciting couple of weeks. So, I mean, really, truly, it's been about not even two weeks yet. So, but I, I, I'm really optimistic and excited about the opportunity. We, our leadership team is in Japan, as, as you probably know. So my focus um, over the years has really been all about delivery. And as the chief technology officer responsible for uh, not just our technology organization, but our product strategy and direction and delivery, our partner and vendor relationships, our client relationships, the quality of our delivery, and SLAs, and you know, just pure, really pure technology. In the past um, couple of weeks now, it's just really quickly forced me to kind of broaden my horizons a bit, and uh, and in, in a good way. We've had to, we had a, a company town hall, and it was really exciting. A lot of people back in the in the building and. A lot of uh, we have this hybrid workforce, so we'll always have people distributed around the world. But got everyone together. It was really energizing. We had music. We had some really cool testimonial videos from our clients, and um, it was my first chance, really, to kind of set the stage for what's this next year 
look like and to um, introduce our company goals around uh, really the two that we focused on were client centricity and being a great place to work. So, you know, historically I'd get up and talk about our platform and our roadmap and success stories. And so it quickly shifted and kind of broadened into what do we need to do as a company to continue to grow um, internationally, to, to grow as a company and an organization. And technology is a big part of it, but we want to remind everyone, uh, even within our, within our four walls, that our differentiator is really around uh, client success and, uh, and our strategic thought leadership. Um, you, you mentioned uh, working with Don and our team on strategy and emotional loyalty and BLQ. And when you, when you couple all those things together, it's really powerful. So yeah, I had to quickly kind of expand my horizons uh, jump into board meetings like the next day <laughs> and, and, and jump into the culture of the company and what are we doing uh, next in terms of being a great place to work and uh, remaining with our SaaS-based platform, consciously remaining uh, purely client-centric and client-focused. That's awesome. One of the things that you and I talked about kind of leading up to this uh, interview is that, you know, there's a lot of tech related challenges for brands today, you know, keeping up with the advances in technology, the MarTech space is growing exponentially, you know, integrating systems, getting systems to work well, uh, getting organizational buy-in from uh, making investments and then getting and making, make sure you have return on investments. You know, what are you seeing with regard to some of the challenges your clients have with regard to technology and, and how do you address those challenges from a platform and or a strategy perspective? Yeah, that's a good one. Actually, during the town hall, we had we put up a slide that that uh, it's an industry common slide, like a word cloud that that um, depicted the the tech stack across all of marketing. You know, and it's it's overwhelming, and so many. And we're we're kind of in this loyalty and customer experience niche, really. But there's so many surrounding and, and complementary technologies that need to to come together to enable any, any program or experience. So I think the, the biggest challenges that we see, first maybe from a technology perspective is, there's a lot of choices, there's a lot of complexity, and, um, and it's really important for an organization to, to focus on, have a vision. What are you trying to accomplish? What are you trying to put into market? And then break it into small pieces and incrementally get there over time. So the challenge that we see is, is kind of simplifying that complexity. There's a lot of choices that you mentioned systems integration. It's no light, you know, most implementations, they revolve around integration. Loyalty kind of sits in the center of everything. Right. Store systems and e-com and the mobile app and the call center. And, and so there's a lot of, a lot of uh, people involved in these implementations. In order to be successful, our clients really have to be aligned at the top. Marketing, technology, operations, e-com, and they all have to, to rally around the customer experience or program they're trying to enable because all those groups have to come together and work together. And if you don't have strong project management discipline or 
strong presence in the conversation around both marketing strategy and um, systems integration, or you know, led by in our in our case, our solutions architects, you can quickly get kind of lost in, in this big sea of what do we do next. So it's um, just getting a program off the ground. Um, Loyalty 360, you guys do a great job of like promoting these new programs and experiences are in market. But what people don't often see is what it takes to get there. Yeah, absolutely. You, you mentioned, uh, you know, some of the things you're doing for your clients. Uh, you know, what what is working right now for uh, you know your clients with regard to customer loyalty? I said earlier we talked about some of the challenges with regard to kind of reporting and insight and understanding the program. I think there's a kind of a, a pretty significant void in that regard. But you know, what is working for customer loyalty with, with your clients? And, and can you give us an example or two some things that you're doing to help your clients drive deeper customer loyalty? A lot of that comes down to strategic guidance that we offer during our, our quarterly business reviews as, as a company. And even with those, there's, there's, there's actually two parts. It's, it's not, so it's insights into program, what's working, what's not working, recommendations on where they should go next. And then there is a, there's a technology component that kind of sits behind that is what would we do to help you enable that change or that evolution in the program. So every every successful program has to evolve and it has to continue to change. So there's a cadence that, that, that we work through to um, with our clients to help that continuous uh, evolution. Um, there's, there's two two very recent examples though that, that come to mind are, are with uh, two key clients that we have with uh, Hertz, and uh, Hertz has been a client for a very long time. And, uh, and Fleet Farm was a, a new client in the past year or so. We launched a program, but, but they're both examples, I think, of technology strategy coming together. Uh, so those, both of those clients and programs are up for um, best loyalty program of the year. It's an international loyalty awards uh, ceremony. I think Hertz actually won at the Loyalty 360. Uh, last fall uh, for a similar. So they, they continue to win. And, and, uh, and it's just this partnership between technology strategy and our group coupled with technology and strategy at the client location. Uh, so we're going to be joining both Hertz and Fleet Farm in London. Uh, I think it's just, it's coming up in June, you know, to celebrate the success of, of those programs. So I think that's a, that's a true, you know, when, when the industry or organizations uh, such as Loyalty 360 and others kind of recognize and people vote and, uh, you know, applaud uh, success in the market, that's, that's when we all, uh, we feel really good about, you know, celebrating those successes together. Okay, great. And when you look at, uh, you know, the, the challenge we had with regard to uh, metrics, with regard to program valuation, benchmarks, huge challenge in that regard. We're actually working on a kind of a, a, a KPI metric study right now with all our clients, which is quite interesting to look at it more from an industry perspective. But, you know, is that something you're seeing with your uh, clients and, and how do you help them, you know, assess uh, the program valuation, customer lifetime value, the, those deep metrics uh, seem to be, uh, you know, uh, remiss in many programs. They are, ironically, and and it's 
it's it's surprising, but it's uh, it continues to repeat. So it's not, I guess it's not as surprising as it used to be, but there's a lot of, you know, the very tangible data that gets collected as any, as part of any program down to the consumer level. And we know all their purchase behavior and there's so many metrics and um, that we report on that there's industry level benchmarks that we have that we could, that we use to, to educate our clients on what their competitors are doing and how they stack up. Um, but you're right. It, the, the, we saw that need uh, actually a couple of years ago and our consultative engagements uh, historically had revolved around program design, really kind of starting from the ground up. And sometimes these programs were already in market. So it, it actually would start with what's working, what's not working. But what Don Smith and, and, our, uh, and our leadership team have done across strategy and analytics was to productize some of these more short-term consultative engagements. Uh, we call it fast track consulting. Um, but they're, um, and it's been very helpful just to, to break down. There's a group of modules across analytics and another group of modules across strategy. And, um, you know, the, it, the first one, you know, for example, starts with program health assessment. Uh, what's working, what's not working, that comparison against industry uh, benchmarks and tangible, like, you know, time frame deliverables. It's very predictable. They're smaller consultative engagements. They only take a couple of weeks in some cases, maybe a couple of months at max. Um, but we, but they, but our clients come away with tangible next steps. Uh, what, you know, what isn't working, what should we do differently and to evolve a program, whether we're, we're running it or not is, you know, is really independent of that. And so we've, We've packaged up these these modules and um, the health assessment being probably the most common one, but the cost benefit analysis, uh, the competitive evaluation, and um, and our emotional loyalty track, you know, as part of that actually as well, just uh, getting to both the hearts and the minds of the consumers and and understanding how connected they really are with the program or the experience or the or the brand in general. So we've we've made an attempt to productize those uh, consultative engagements to help address that. Okay, when you look at um, uh, technologies, we mentioned earlier, it's uh, and everyone knows it's rapidly evolving. You know, is there a, a current trend, a new technology, or kind of maybe a, a customer loyalty focused idea that you believe is uh, very important for brands to consider today, who are you know customer centric or fo- focused on customer loyalty? One topic, I don't know if it's, you know, the most important, but one topic we've been tracking for a while and we presented it at NRF several times was just this connection with, um, with uh, facial recognition and, and identity. And I, and I do think that it's, you know, it's been slow to take off, but with everyone using it to unlock their phone and doors and it, it's, it's everywhere. And so we have, uh, some partners, we continue to try to push that in terms of um, it would always be uh, an opt-in experience to add your photo to your profile and, and use that as a form of identification, whether it's for loyalty or payment. Um, but you see it in airports now getting into the lounge, getting on the airplane. And so I, um, a lot of our 
clients in the, in the retail space, they're, they have a customer facing display at the point of sale. They have digital displays throughout the store. So it's, it's a great opportunity of people, you know, as they get more comfortable with um, that additional level of opt-in uh, relative to privacy to use your face as a, I think it'll help enable a more seamless experience that we're all trying to strive towards. Um, so it's not mandatory or, or necessarily even cutting edge, but I think there's going to be more of a, a loyalty integration there. Um, but, but, you know, in general, I think it's, it's having the, uh, the customer experience and the desired customer experience to lead the, the tech implementation. So we've, we've seen, um, I think a big trend just is organizationally marketing and technology working together. So not um, sequential and not in parallel, but actually concurrently working together to, you know, and so we, so that's been exciting. And I, and I think it's a, it's a way that we can uh, make sure that we're focused on the right things. Um, I keep going back to uh, strategy, I guess, instead of technology, but Don would say that any successful program has to have that, that core value proposition, right. but also has to have that enabled that customer experience and to enable that higher level of uh, emotional loyalty and engagement and that connection that people feel. So yeah. it's not just a strategy conversation. So how do you, how do you deploy that? And uh, so very tightly integrated with um, technology strategy and, and uh, CX people and, and loyalty marketers coming together. Absolutely. And, and the last question we have somewhat self-serving, you know, what can loyalty 360 do in the trade association for the industry to help others uh, in their customer loyalty and, and customer experience journeys? One thought is, and I think the publications that you guys put out and the conferences and the conversations you, you enable are, are, are powerful and helpful for all of us just to kind of stay connected and see what other others are doing and what's uh, a little bit of what's working, what's not working and it helps us all be competitive. It helps us make connections with uh, brands and, and providers. Um, but I go back to that, that, um, you know, some of your questions around um, just these bite-sized chunks of a lot of what we see is the end result in market. And we look at these, these programs around the world and, and say, oh, that's, that's, that's interesting, or that's kind of cool, or people are really reacting positively to this type of program. Um, and a lot of them, you know, don't have point accrual anymore. That's really, it truly is about the experience that we're trying to enable with the knowledge that we have around the customer, just making the best use of it. Um, but one thought that I had, you know, is it's great to see kind of the end result, but I think the journey to get there is important and to, to break that into pieces and, and maybe take some of those case studies, break them apart and, and have a little bit uh, or share, we could all share more insights and how do you, how do you achieve that vision? How do you, how did it start? Was there an MVP, you know, that, that kind of evolved and built and expanded around the world? Um, did you, did the program design, did you try something and it failed and, and, and then we pivoted and tried something else? 
you know, was there a pilot in different parts of the world or different parts of the, the country or across different stores? And so I, I think it's the, that the journey is the key word. It's, a, you know, just breaking it down into pieces and, and, and you could solicit all of us to kind of contribute to uh, how do you achieve that vision? So that, that was one thought along those lines, you know, differently to just kind of break things into more bite-sized micro level uh, uh, steps and yeah. towards that end state. And, and no, we're very interested in doing more case studies. So we actually uh, have what's called a lunch and learn now. It's a brand only piece, but uh, we do them on Fridays. We've done two or three of them, three of them this year. Uh, and we started doing case studies out of that. And we have a couple uh, of just getting Getting clients sign off is one thing, but a brand gets together. They talk about where the program is, where it was, challenges, how they identified them, how they brought in solutions. Um, and then, you know, we also have some other uh, entities you want to tell their uh, story in a case study. But, yeah, the case studies are are very important. We've heard consistently there's an interest in them. Getting them kind of approved by corporate is, is another area of interest. So you can do it anonymously uh, as well. But, no, that is a huge area of focus for us. Said, well, we do these lunch and learns on Friday for brands only, but then the whole idea is to kind of package them up and have a case study for all members of Loyalty 360. And, you know, we have a couple of those in process right now. Yeah, excellent. I think it's just that sharing of information and ideas and helps, it's helped the entire industry kind of improve over time. So it's a, I always appreciate you guys and the, the contribution you make to that. Absolutely. Well, Bill, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, congratulations again on your uh, promotion. Uh, stay away from the owls and uh, we look forward <laughs> to uh, hearing more throughout uh, the year uh, from you and Briarly. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. It was good talking to you. Absolutely. I also want to thank everyone else for listening today. Make sure you uh, tune back in for another edition of Loyalty Live. Have a wonderful day.